Welcome to the Faith and More podcast. This is a trans-denominational podcast. All are welcome and safe here, no matter what your faith is or isn't. My name is Reverend Angel Wise, and I'll be your host. I am an ordained licensed minister with the Fellowship of Celtic Catholic Churches International, founder and director of the Oblix Perpetual Light, a life coach, intuitive healer, and Kabbalist. I firmly believe this divine works through people every day to help us. These angels and saints are so very humble, many of us don't know they exist or existed. Each week we'll explore the lives of these amazing beings. We will also explore topics that can help your faith, no matter what it is or isn't. The goal of this show is to inspire, encourage, educate, uplift, strengthen, and heal you and your faith, no matter what it is or isn't. So be sure to follow and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Enjoy the show. Shalom, everyone. How are you all doing? I so hope and pray you all are well and blessed. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this is your first time, welcome. It is great to have you here with us. It is my deepest hope and sincerest prayer that you find everything that you're searching for in a podcast, especially a faith-based podcast, here and more with us. Please, if you enjoy the show, please feel free to share it with as many people as you possibly can. That goes for our longtime listeners as well. And longtime listeners, welcome back. Infinite thanks, blessings, and love for always being here and for always supporting the show. Yes, please share the show with as many people as you possibly can. Those of you who are longtime listeners know we don't have sponsors. <laughs> Word of mouth uh, and sharing is the only way this show gets out to others. So please. If this show has helped you or you find it interesting, share it with as many people as you possibly can. So, show of hands, how many of you have heard of Mary Alfred Mose, M-O-E-S? I'm right there with you, folks, because I had not heard of her until very recently. As a matter of fact, as soon as my son told me uh, about her and shared some information, and I was like, wow, um, we definitely need to do a show on Mary Alfred Mose. So Mary Alfred Mose was born Maria Catherine Mose, October 28th. 1828, and she passed on December 18th, 1899. Uh, she is a Roman Catholic nun. I don't, I always use present tense with these folks. Those of you longtime listeners know it doesn't matter if they're still here physically or not, they still exist. Uh, she was instrumental in establishing the first Sisters of St. Francis of Mary Immaculate in Joliet, Illinois as well as the Sisters of St. Francis in Rochester, Minnesota. She was also the founder of St. Mary's Hospital in Rochester, Minnesota, which became part of the famed Mayo Clinic. So Mose was born in Remich, Luxembourg. She is the daughter of a prosperous ironsmith. She emigrated to America with her sister Catherine. Due to the preaching of Bishop John Henney, it's H-E-N-N-I, of Milwaukee. 
Bishop Henney spoke of the need for teachers in the United States, especially among the Native Americans. There were also large immigrant communities, mostly German-speaking, establishing themselves there. Both were highly educated in music and arts. Besides their own Luxembourg language, they spoke and studied in French, German, and English. They had also studied mathematics and architecture. Wow, man, they were, they were loaded with all kinds of wisdom and knowledge and ways to help. The Moe's sisters left a life of comfort and set sail for La Havre, or excuse me, from La Havre, France, on September 27, 1851, destined for New York City. From 1852 through 1863, they lived first in Wisconsin with the school sisters of Notre Dame in Milwaukee. Mary was dismissed for both a lack of religious spirit and a want of a calling. Both sisters then joined the Sisters of a Holy Cross in Laporte, Indiana. While there, the sisters took religious vows and assumed the names of Sister Alfred and Sister Barbara. Sister Alfred was dismissed from the congregation. We see a pattern here. Was dismissed from the congregation for acting impudently and repeated disobedience. The Moe's sisters with two companions were received into the third order of St. Francis in Illinois on June 1st, 1863. At the invitation of Carl Kuhmann, K-U-E-M-I-N of St. John's Church in Joliet, Illinois, a small group of four sisters moved to that town the following November to begin teaching the local children. Lightning struck the church of St. John the Baptist there on July 31st, 1864, killing one parishioner, a young woman who left behind a family. The distraught widower asked the sisters to care for his children. This unexpected work soon expanded and the sisters began to take in orphans as well as boarding school students and candidates to the community. The sisters soon bought a larger house and established St. Francis Academy. During the summer of 1865, the guardian of the Franciscan friars in the United States, Pomfilio da Magliano, summoned Mose to St. Bonaventure Friary in Allegheny County, New York. Along with the first postulant to the community, Marianne Rosenberg. There he named Mose as Superior General of the new congregation of the Sisters of St. Francis of Mary Immaculate. At that time, he bestowed the Franciscan habit on Rothenberger, who took the name Sister Angela. Until 1880, the order used the constitution drafted from the Franciscan Sisters of Allegheny, a congregation da Magliano had previously established. By 1869, the sisters had built a new St. Francis Academy teaching girls age 3 through 20 and drawing students from across the nation. Pastors around the whole country sought the sisters to come to their parishes to teach their children, especially in non-English speaking populations. 
1874, the sisters were teaching throughout five states, bars, excuse me, as far away as Tennessee. Mose came to plan an even larger expansion of the academy. Bishop Foley of Chicago opposed this idea and ordered the sisters to replace her with a new superior general. One of her first companions, Sister Alberta, accepted the post temporarily. She then assigned Mose to go to Rochester to build Our Lady of Lords School at the request of the bishop there. Shortly after that school was opened, Bishop Foley of Joliet directed Mose and the Minnesota sisters to separate from the Illinois congregation. Bishop Grace of Minnesota chose to accept her vows. Mose, permanent successor as Superior General, then informed the congregation of her expulsion and offered the sisters 10 days to decide if they wished to join Mose in Minnesota of the whole congregation. 92 chose to remain in Joliet, while 25 chose to join Mose. This small group became the nucleus of a new congregation, the Sisters of St. Francis of Our Lady of Lords. The sisters began to open a series of successful schools following a tornado which devastated the young city of Rochester in 1883. Mose saw the need for a hospital in the town. She proposed to Dr. William Worrell Mayo that the sisters would operate a hospital for the injured and sick if he and his sons would serve as its physicians. Thus, they opened St. Mary's Hospital on September 30th, 1889. Today, that hospital is part of the Mayo Clinic. Mose died in 1899 at the age of 71. So that was the article on her life, but I do want to share a news article um, that was written on October 1st, 1889. It says, in 1883, a tornado swept through Rochester, killing 31. Mother Alfred Mose and the Sisters of St. Francis converted their school into an emergency hospital with Dr. William Mayo supervising. Below is an amplification of this history in terms of modern meteorology. During the late afternoon and evening of August 21st, 1883, three significant tornadoes, two F3s and one F5, occurred in the southeast Minnesota. These tornadoes affected parts of Dodge, Olmstead, and Winona counties, and they accounted for 40 fatalities and over 200 injuries. The first tornado touched down around 3.30 p.m., about 10 miles south of Rochester near Pleasant Grove, which is in Olmstead County. This tornado moved northeast for approximately three miles, and it caused damage on four farms. One of these farms was completely destroyed. Other than this, few other details are known about this tornado. It killed two people and injured another 10. This tornado was estimated by Thomas Grazulis to be an F3 tornado. Damage was estimated to be $2,000. Um, so this article was from 2007. So that in 2007, that was $42,000. The second tornado touched down four miles northwest of Hayfield, Dodge County, around 6.30 p.m. At least 10 to 40 farms uh, hit Dodge County were leveled. The massive tornado then moved northeast through northern Rochester. The enormous roar was said to have warned most Rochester residents. 
Over 135 homes were destroyed and another 200 were damaged. Tornado also derailed a train near Zombrato Junction. The mile-wide tornado then began to move east again as it moved through rural eastern Olmsted County. It leveled several farmsteads before dissipating 10 miles east of Rochester. The tornado killed 37 people and injured 200 others. Many of the injuries were very serious and other deaths probably occurred, but they are not listed in this total. This tornado was on the ground for 25 miles and it was estimated by, again, Thomas Grazulis to be an F5 tornado. The total damage was estimated at $700,000. And in 2007, when this article was written, that was $14.9 million. The final tornado touched down around 8.30 p.m., two miles north of South, excuse me, St. Charles, Winona County. This tornado then moved east-northeast for 12 miles before dissipating four miles north of Lewiston. One man was killed in the destruction of a farm house four miles northeast of St. Charles. In addition to this death, the tornado injured 19 others. This tornado was estimated by same guy, Thomas Grizzulis, to be an F3 tornado. It was estimated that this tornado produced $1,000 in damage in 2007. That was $21,000. Impact of this event, prior to these tornadoes, there were only three hospitals in the entire state of Minnesota outside of the Twin Cities. None of these hospitals were located near Rochester. After the F5 tornado struck Rochester, a dance hall, Rommel Hall, was transformed into a temporary emergency room. Doctors William Mayo and his two sons, William and Charles, took charge of caring for patients. Mother May, excuse me, they got her down as May. Mary Alfred Mose was the, of the Sisters of St. Francis, helped care for patients as well. After this disaster, the Mayo family and the Sisters of St. Francis realized the need of a hospital in Rochester. They banded together to form St. Mary's Hospital, which ultimately led to the creation of the Mayo Clinic. And this is something that um, Mother Alfred said. Lord, this is truly a beauty for ashes story in the history of Minnesota. This terrible tornado, which kills 31 and obliterates the land, is the impetus for the Mayo Clinic. Will you forgive the sadness, anger, and distrust that may stem from this day of weather towards you? Will you forgive any verbal vows, commitments made towards you, in the pain of this moment, within the blast of a horrific storm, we are only people we do not see as you see. Conversely, will you bless Mother Alfred Mose, the Sisters of St. Francis, and Dr. William Mayo, and their progeny? Will you bless us with the vision beyond the present tense as a people? Will you cause us to remember that even tragedy can birth new life and healing? So the tornado is how this came about uh, as far as me getting this information is uh, Haven and my son is currently studying tornadoes um, and he came across this and sent me a text or an email in the middle of the night saying, you know, hey, dad, have you heard of this nun? And I'm like, no, I haven't. Uh, so, you know, in looking into it and, and as 
Talon pointed out, she was responsible for the forming of the Mayo Clinic. Um, now, folks, if, if you're not familiar with the Mayo Clinic, it is like the hospital in the United States. It is always cutting edge. It is always head and shoulders above all of the other hospitals in uh, treatment and technology and continuing um, to improve and make improvements. Uh, the techniques and um, methods used on me uh, with my heart surgery, and probably all of you have had heart surgery before, most of which were either created at the Mayo Clinic or they were um, performed at the Mayo Clinic to the point where um, they could be done on the public without, um, with, with success. Um, so they were perfected at the Mayo Clinic. The Mayo Clinic treats over one million, with an M, million, over one million people each year. And you know what? You've definitely got to give it to um, Mother Alfred because that all of those people, every year she's continuing to be a part of that life-saving gift. And yeah, of course, I'm sure eventually sometime down the road there would have been a hospital, but would have been at that magnitude. And the sisters and uh, Mother Mary Alfred Mose were the ones that funded St. Mary's Hospital. They raised the funds to get that going and put Dr. Mayo and his two sons in charge of um, being the doctors and uh, gathering the staff. So that from there, the Mayo Clinic spawned from St. Mary's Hospital. So, I mean, each year, as I said, she is continuing to save lives. Over a million people are treated each year just at the Mayo Clinic. And that's not to say those such as me who benefited from the technology perfected and procedures perfected at the Mayo Clinic. So again, the Mayo Clinic, among many things, many things, is the leading uh, cardiac care hospital in the United States. Um, the hospital where I had my surgery is part of the Mayo Clinic, even though it's St. Elizabeth. Uh, they are still associated with the Mayo Clinic and approved by the Mayo Clinic. So in a roundabout way mother mary alfred mose is responsible for me being alive right now okay here's a piece from another article i want to share uh, since we have plenty of time to do it um, this and of course i'll have links to all of this uh, all of these articles uh, in the uh, show description um, it goes on to this is about after the um the tornado and Dr. Mayo and his sons are running around trying to take care of all these people. And um, it says here that um, overwhelmed by the number of injured, uh, Dr. Mayo called upon Mother Alfred's sisters to help him. Uh, though they were teachers rather than nurses and no formal training in medicine, they accepted the mission. In the wake of the debacle, Mother calmly informed Dr. Mayo that she had a vision that a hospital should be built in Rochester not simply to serve 
that local community, but rather the whole world. Man, wasn't she spot on with that? Because the Mayo Clinic, as I said, is affecting where I'm at. I'm sure it's affecting where you're at. It affects the whole world. Astonished by this utterly unrealistic proposal, Dr. Mayo told mother that she would need to raise $40,000, an astronomical figure for that time and place. Now, $40,000 Forty thousand dollars in eighteen eighty three is equal to one million one hundred and seventy nine thousand seven hundred and sixty five dollars today. She in turn told the doctor that if she managed to raise the funds and build the hospital, she expected him and his two physician sons to staff the place within a short span of time. She produced the money, and the St. Mary's Hospital was established. As I'm sure you've already surmised, this was the seed from which the mighty Mayo Clinic would grow, a hospital system that indeed, as Mother Alfred envisioned long ago, serves the entire world. This intrepid nun continued her work as builder, organizer, and administrator, not only of the hospital that she had founded, but of a number of other institutions in southern Minnesota until her death in 1899 at the age of 71. So unfortunately, and I mean really, really unfortunately, um, I was unable to find any books on uh, Mother Mary Alfred Mose. Um, And as far as the process of canonization or anything like that, if she's been um, nominated to be a saint, nothing, nothing at all. And that, that is a shame. That really is a shame that this woman, um, although she may not be associated with miracles, but if you are saved, like my life was, um, when odds were against you, then that's a miracle to me. My survival through my heart surgery was indeed a miracle. And I'm sure those of you who have gone through similar, it was a miracle for you as well. So why aren't these miracles being associated with uh, Mother Mary Alfred Mose? Because um, directly, but yet indirectly, she is responsible for us being alive today, for us surviving our surgeries, because if it was not for her, and Dr. Mayo and his two sons, um, we wouldn't we wouldn't be here right now. Who's to say how things would have turned out? Anyway, just saying. Um, so that is the story of Mother Mary Alfred Mose. I so hope and pray you all have enjoyed uh, this show on her. I do apologize. The show is a little on the short side. Uh, usually I would fill in some area uh, or some time with sayings and teachings, but there really isn't from Mother Mary Alfred Mose. And that's a shame. That that really is. Um, if any of you are able to find anything more on her, please uh, send me links, send me that information, email. My contact information is coming up. Um, and it's at the end of the show and at the end of every show. I would love to do a follow-up, um, maybe in the book nook 
I can uh, mention an update and give people more information. I would love to share more information on her because I believe with all of my heart and soul that um, she has not received in our world uh, what she deserves. You know, she definitely deserves so much more credit than what she received. But no doubt she has been rewarded. And wherever you believe we go after we pass from this lifetime, no doubt she has been heavenly rewarded uh, for all that she has done and continues to do today. Again, you know, just the Mayo Clinic alone, over a million people a year receive care. And again, it's worldwide. Just a quick announcement before we get to uh, closing prayer request and benediction. Um, I want to remind everyone um, to check out Season 4, Episode 10, The Oblates of Perpetual Light, if you already haven't. And if you have and you're interested in becoming an oblate, please check out the website at oblatespl.wixsite.com forward slash oblates dash pl or contact me directly at oblates.pl at gmail.com. Links to both will be in the show notes in description. I so hope and pray to see you all as an oblate very soon. This week's prayer request and updates are as follows. Denise, uh, whom I mentioned last week, is in need of still in need of our heart, thoughts, and prayers. Um, she's going through all kinds of highs and lows in life and a lot of emotional, physical, mental um, things. I mean, please keep her in her heart, thoughts, and prayers. Give her strength to keep fighting not to lose the will to live every single life is so very precious and we are all here for a designated reason regardless if we realize or are aware of what that reason is it doesn't change the fact that it is um also uh terry i mentioned her last week who i had just a universal encounter with i mean the divine put our paths in a cross section for just a moment but um you know she's the one that is suffering from suicidal thoughts and tendencies as well as you know huge depression let's please keep her in our heart thoughts and prayers nicholas um his mother posted this week nicholas has had several heart transplants and all kinds of rejection he now has to go in to have a valve um worked on inside his heart so that means actually opening up his heart and it is an extremely risky uh, operation, especially with um, Nicholas's condition. So um, I will let you all know when that operation happens. Last I had heard this week, his mom said that it was uh, they were working on making it happen. Uh, next is Haley, who has terminal ovarian cancer. Haley, bless her. She is fighting so hard and people are coming in uh, daily to say their goodbyes, uh, family and friends. And I mean, if you could only imagine being in that situation where, you know, people are coming in and, you know, seeing them is the last time you'll ever see them, you know, in this lifetime, in this form. And I mean, that's something we can all take from, you know, Haley's journey is how fragile and impermanent life is and how to treat every single moment and every single encounter 
um, as if it was your last. Next is Maudie, who, um, oh, wait a minute, back up. Taylor is uh, Haley's husband and Weston, her four-year-old son. Please keep them in your heart, thoughts, and prayers. Next is Maudie, who had a heart transplant um, a few months back. Uh, she's having issues with retaining fluid still, especially in an area where there was a port on the right side of the upper part of her chest um, near her clavicle. And the doctors that took the, or nurses or whomever, took that port out only stitched up the skin. They did not fill in the hole in her or piece that together or treat that at all. So underneath her skin, she still has a huge hole a gaping hole where that port was and it's becoming infected and it's constantly retaining water which is causing a bubble to form on her chest so she's fighting with doctors to try to get an appointment to get in to get that taken care of while she's still um, having to take all kinds of diuretics which is not good on a person's kidneys uh, or her heart and um, let's just please keep praying for her uh, Stephanie is still suffering from major financial issues uh, due to her uh, late husband's passing. Uh, Sarah and Kia uh, are still fighting through their addiction recovery, and both are doing great. Bob and Elaine had a very bumpy week this week. Bob uh, felt like he was getting ready to go into a seizure, so he was taken to the hospital. Bob suffers from seizures, so he and Elaine both know the warning signs of that in uh, he was given fluids and released. Um, he's not had any since, but he's not been feeling well, nor has he been feeling anywhere near close to 100%. Um, Bob goes this coming Tuesday for a CT scan of his chest, um, abdomen, pelvic area with uh, contrast and barium. And this is to determine how well the chemo worked on the thyroid cancer. And he goes Wednesday to meet with his oncologist to go over those results. So let us please, please keep them in our heart, thoughts, and prayers. Next is Clyde. Clyde had bypass surgery approximately three weeks ago. He had to be put into an acute rehab home. He is now home and is recovering still. He's doing much, much better. Thank you all for your prayers. Let us please keep Clyde, his daughter Lisa, and son CJ in our heart, thoughts, and prayers. Next is Lannon. Lana, excuse me, Megan, Molly, Gwen, Octavia, Trish, Chad, and family, brother Ashley and family, brother Abel, Mike S. and Kelly, uh, my brother Michael, sister Tanya, Cheryl. Um, Elijah's doing much better. He got his first paycheck from his new job this week, so he is feeling so much better, and uh, depression is all but gone. Uh, his grandmother, Janet, is also still holding her own. And his husband, Andrew, are there, he's doing well. So let us please keep them in our heart, thoughts, and prayers. The prayers are working and helping, folks. Uh, next is Father Mike and Eddie. Eddie is with his mother in California. Uh, his mother's name is Becky. We talked about her the past couple of weeks. She has had bypass surgery and is home recovering. Uh, Eddie has decided that they are he and Father Mike are going to move from Washington State to back to California, where they're originally from and where their families are. Um, Father Mike is still in Washington State until Eddie is able to find employment and make that happen. Uh, also, Father Mike's health was not good at all this past week, so let us please keep him, uh, keep those prayers going for him. And also, he has a disability hearing coming up in June, so let us pray that that disability hearing is a success. 
Uh, next, Emma, Jean, Kathy and Tony, Michael T, Kyra, Courtney Moore. I do not have any updates on Courtney other than the last, which was she was at Duke uh, Hospital in North Carolina with doctors working on getting all of her um, numbers and everything situated and her, her health condition situated so she could be put on a heart transplant list. I do not have any updates on Jan. Uh, she suffers from heart arrhythmia. Let's please keep her in our heart thoughts and prayers. And last but certainly not least is James and Linda. James was just recently diagnosed with Alzheimer's and he has all kinds of other health issues. Let's please keep them in our heart thoughts and prayers. And if you are in need of prayers, please, please, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. My contact information is coming up here at the end of the show and is at the end of every show. So since, unfortunately, we don't have a prayer uh, for Mother Mary Alfred Mose or anything like that, uh, I thought it would probably be best to just do a Hail Mary, since Mary is in her name. Um, she was Mary Alfred Mose and born Maria Catherine Mose. So let us do one Hail Mary for Mother Mary Alfred Mose. Nominee, Divi, Filii, Espiritus Sancti. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. I so hope and pray that you've enjoyed the show and that you found everything that you're searching for here and more with us. Please feel free to stop by anytime, all the time. You are family. If this show has helped you, please, please, please share it with as many people as possible. Also, subscribe, rate, and review the show on whatever format you listen to. That helps move the show up in those formats so when someone does a general search, they're more likely to find the show. And if the show has really helped you and you have the means, please consider making an offering. Offerings are a great way to help sustain and improve the show, as well as the Faith and More ministry. Offerings can be made through the Cash App. The show's cash tag is dollar sign Faith and More, or you can find us at cash.app forward slash dollar sign faith and more and don't forget about our youtube channel it's a fun place folks you can watch videos of weekly ask angel questions where people write me and ask me questions and i respond uh, on youtube you can also watch me do bi-weekly sermons and homilies also audio of our shows are uploaded to youtube where you can listen and much much more just go to youtube.com forward slash at faith and more podcast next is prayers i love to pray and our faith and more family love to pray so let us pray for you there are two ways to do this the first is to email me directly at faith and more podcast at gmail.com the second way is through our website there is a form at the bottom of the website and the website address is faith and more podcast dot forward slash my dash site. 
And there are always links to all of these things in the show notes for and description for each show. So until next time, have a blessed week and know that each and every one of you are in my heart and in my prayers. Bless you.